Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, everybody. Hello. We are back after, oh, how long has it been so far today, Megan? It's been a hot minute. It's been at least like an hour and a half. Yeah. Since you got here. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we're recording earlier than normal today and, um, I made some changes on my computer and apparently lost half of the presets that we had. So you done fucked up. I done fucked up and I done had to fix it. So it's taken me <laughs> about an hour and a half to fix it, but I think we are rolling. Hopefully knock here on wood on whiskey and wonder. Yes. Uh, I'm Megan. I'm Tyler. And this is our podcast where every week we get together, we review a whiskey and we teach the other person something that has made us wonder. Yes. And I just want to say something that makes me wonder real quick mm-hmm. is how the fuck we ever got to the situation where the quote customer is always right. Because as we both know, the customer is never right, is not always right, at yeah. least. So almost never right. Fuck that saying. And yep. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. So, uh, on that note, let's just go ahead and jump right into, let me get our agenda up here. Let's jump right into our announcements here. Um, same old, same old, guys. Nothing new. Nothing new. Um, we're releasing episodes Wednesday evenings, uh, Thursday morning, depending on the platform. Some of them are released at midnight on Thursday. Some of them release Wednesday evenings. Um, uh, so basically you can get them Thursday morning. If you want to get them Monday mornings, you can subscribe to our Patreon for $5 a month and you'll have early access and access to upcoming bonus content once we start producing that soon. Um, Other than that, the stores, we still have whiskey glasses. We have one sticker left that I think at this point I'm just going to claim. (laughs) Or Megan, if you would like it, you are welcome to it. But one of us will claim it and we're just not going to sell it. (laughs) Um, Unless you email us right now. The moment you hear this. Yep. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so by sending something to contact at whiskeyandwonder.com or Megan and I have individual emails set up in the show notes below. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com. Search us on YouTube. Uh, just search Whiskey and Wonder and you'll find our page. Uh, subscribe. Hit the thumbs up on the buttons on the episode you like. Hit the little bell to notify you of new releases. That helps us out a ton. Yeah, it does. Puts us in YouTube's algorithm. And the same for your regular podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or... Audible or whatever you listen on. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, just review us, subscribe, thumbs up, like us, whatever you got to do, whatever their feedback system is. It helps us get uh, more appearances in their algorithm. The more you like it, the better better we do in the algorithm. So we... Yep. We, keep we grow. Growing. Yep. So um, you can find us uh, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon to get the early access. Like I said, it's $5 a month right now and you will get bonus content. We're probably going to start working on that once I get back from vacation here soon. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. And if you want to see us on social media, all that stuff's going to be down in the description as well as our PayPal if you want to donate via PayPal. I cannot promise you any extras if you donate through PayPal, though. You can't. I would suggest Patreon. So. Oh, that's a mouthful. Every week. Every week. 
I'm just glad it stopped growing for a little while. <laughs> it seemed like every every there for a while, every time we do it, we had another one to read off or to I include. So um, lastly, we want to touch on is just everybody that does donate and support and that has liked, subscribed, or even just told their friends about us. You know, we, we appreciate it. We've, I mean, oh, I got to pull up the window here, but our podcast now is over 4,000 listens, which, you know, compared to a lot of podcasts out there, that's not Jack, but for us, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, we're, we're blown away by how, how many listens yeah. episodes get within the first day or two. It, it blows us away. And we go back and look at how many listens some of our episodes have got. And we're starting to get some that are, you know, up, like, yeah, like triple digits and, and some that are close to 200 listens. So, you know, we're, we're just, we can't thank you yeah. guys enough for all that. You're so. making it possible. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whoa, my screen. I, I adjusted my computer screen a little bit earlier and it's got the camera mounted to it and it, it just, just went wiggle, wiggle, readjusted wiggle. itself <laughs> right back. So that's if you're on YouTube and watching us, that's what it is. Um, another thing that I'm looking to uh, get on, and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and it hasn't come to fruition yet because my life has been a freaking mess for the last, since before the holidays, basically. I just haven't had any time for anything. Um, but anyway, I want to get a little more production value in our YouTube channel and our videos and whatnot. So uh, that is something I'm looking into doing. I have... I planned a set amount of time today to sit down and get the GoPros going as webcams. And God just hates me, I guess. I don't know. Um, I will touch more on that, on why that didn't come to fruition today uh, here in just a few minutes. Um, so yeah, uh, those are on the list, more bonus or actually producing some bonus contents on the list too, maybe doing some live streams and some stuff like that. So, but for now, thank you for everything that you guys do and we'll sure. go ahead and thank stop. Guys. We'll stop rambling and move on to. The open segment. And I want to start by saying we, if you're a long time listener, you know, my, my button pushing is, I always have to find the damn button. Well, part of the reorganize today and moving files, I reorganize my button layout so that they're in a specific order. And now I don't even have to think about it. It's idiot proof. Uh, okay. I'm going to see. Megan's, yep. Megan and I, I'm going to test it this week and Megan's going <laughs> to test it next week. Um, I forgot to mention that in the announcements. I am on vacation next week. I will not be here, uh, but Megan is going to get an episode out. Yep. She's going to do one herself. And so we have, we've already figured out the whiskey situation. So yep, we know what we're doing and I'm yeah. going to be a listener just like you guys. So uh, that's ominous or not ominous. Nah, um, you'll do fine. Nerve wracking. Nah, you'll do fine. Just think, pretend I'm here. Yeah. 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 Just pretend I'm here. I might put your like one of your hats on the chair or something. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's talk about what's been going on. What the heck? Yeah, you said you were going to talk to me about what was going on on our our segment today. So, oh, okay. So you want me to start? Yeah. All right. Well, so I mentioned earlier about the GoPros. I was going to get those set up as essentially 
uh, cameras for our, you know, for our YouTube feed. I watched some videos on how to do it wirelessly and I was like, oh, this is not hard. I just need to download a couple of softwares and I need to use the app on my phone and whatever, you know, not that big a deal. So Friday night, <clears throat> I went to bed. I, my phone worked fine all day. I, I, I will admit, so I had a Google Pixel 3 XL. My phone's old. It's over three years old. Um, it's paid <laughs> off. It's old. I just, that's amazing. Three years old. It's yeah. old for a phone. Yeah. I know our consumerism culture. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, it is paid off and I didn't want to pay for a new phone. So I, it's been rolling. I have insurance on it. I was like, if anything breaks, I'll just pay a hundred bucks, get a new phone. That's what my deductible is. <clears throat> well, since I upgraded to Android 12, it was pressuring me every single day, sometimes two times a day that I needed to upgrade from Android 11 to Android 12. And I postponed it for about three months. And finally I was like, fine, I'm tired of these notifications, you know, so I did it. That was about a month and a half ago or so. Once I upgraded to Android 12, I started noticing it would lag on certain things like mm. the text messaging app would lag. I would start texting a message and it would delete all my texts and like start a new message. And so I'd like, let's just say I was typing the word sorry and I had S O R typed out. It would delete the S O R start me back at the beginning and I would type R Y. Yeah. It was just, That's just stuff like that. It, it was just running very clunky and I did not like it. And I found out I couldn't, it was going to be a pain in the ass to go back to Android 11. So I was like, I guess I'm stuck until they update it. Mm -hmm. So flash forward to, Friday night, I worked. I worked my part-time job. I came home, and it was giving me a little bit of issues with the texting app, just running clunky, no big deal. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. I came in, got ready for bed, plugged it in to charge, and set it down on my bed just like I always do. Um, went to sleep. <laughs> Woke up in the morning. Turned over, grabbed my phone. It didn't come on. Usually I can, like when I move my phone, it lights up. And yeah. I was like, all right, whatever. I just hit the button, didn't read nothing. It did? Well, it was hooked up to the charger. So I hit, I, I was like, all right, well, it's been charging all night. Maybe maybe I didn't have the charger in good or something. So I mashed the power button, held it down till it should have turned on and nothing. Uh-oh. So I started looking around uh, on uh, my work phone or the my computer. I don't remember. And <clears throat> found that I found out how to factory reset it. And it basically on a Pixel 3 XL is press and hold the power and the volume down button for like 15 seconds or something. Did that. Nothing. Just black screen. Dunzo. Dead, dead. So, all right, well, uh, of course, this is the weekend that I have volunteered essentially at my part-time job. Like, hey, I'll work an extra day. You know, I'll work an event from 11 to 5. So this is about 8 in the morning. This is all happening. I look at the nearest Verizon store and they open at 8.30. and said, okay, I'm going to rush down there real quick. And I get there and the guy goes, yeah, these things kind of are known for this after a certain amount of time. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Sounds like it has a de- like a kill switch. Yeah, it does. I I think pretty much all cell phones are built that way now. It's yeah. consumer culture at its friggin' finest. But anyway. Oh, that should be illegal. That that burns me up. Anyway, I, and I apologize <laughs> if I get a little heated on this because it pisses me off to no end. Anyway, so I go down there to to the guy and he shows me he basically says, yeah, these are known for this. Um, I can't get you another one. He's like, I I can get you a new phone of any kind. You know, and the cheapest thing we got is going to cost about the same, but performance-wise, it's going to be a lot less. Um, basically getting an old person smartphone, which I've always said if my phone crapped out, that's what I was going to do. However... I, I or but I, or but I wanted to look into the insurance. Like I said, I've, ha- I've paid insurance for three years now yeah. on this phone, eighteen dollars a month. You should get my deductible is a hundred dollars. Yeah, you should be able to just. I should be able to get another phone. Oh yeah. yeah. So we he starts um going through the insurance claim process, and he's like, I don't. He's like, it's telling me this is a hundred and thirty dollars, not. Or a two hundred and thirty dollars, not a hundred, not a hundred dollars. I don't know why your copay is the cost of the entire phone, or not your copay, but your deductible is the cost of the entire phone. He's like, you can go buy one on Amazon for two hundred twenty dollars, brand new. Like, why? Why are they charging you the full price of the phone? And so, I told the guy at Verizon, I, I was like, well, if I'm going to get a lesser phone from you guys, and I'm going to I can get the phone. Obviously, I'm going to have to pay more than $100 now unless I call a bitch at the insurance company. And I, I, I want to preface that by saying I try to be the nicest person to... I, well, not the nicest person. I try very hard not to take out frustrations on the people at the call center. Yes. Uh, it's not their fault. They just work there. Yes. Um, so I want to preface this story with that. Uh, so anyway, I, I basically tell the guy at Verizon, like, I'm not going to buy a phone from you. I'm going to call the call center and see why the deductible is not $100, um, especially considering I've been paying this insurance for however many years. You know, I I think they should provide me a good service since I've been a long-time customer. Yeah. Um, and I know I said the customer's not always right, so I guess fuck me. <laughs> but I feel like you're right in this. Instance. Yeah, I feel like in this instance, yeah. But you know what? Anyway, so make a long story short, I call up the insurance people and they're like, oh yeah, our deductible went up to $230. Magically, the cost of my fucking phone. Magically. Interesting yeah. how that works. Yeah, and I pretty much told the guy, uh, I actually called Verizon first and she said she couldn't do anything and I, I, I felt very bad because I got a little heated with this lady, but I couldn't understand what she was saying because she was an Indian lady with a thick accent and it was a little struggle. And I was like, I want you to cancel the insurance on my phone and I want you to get me a phone for a hundred dollars. Like that's what I've been paying this insurance for it. Why would I, you know, why would I pay for this insurance? Just piss the money away to you people. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I once I realized she was transferring me to the insurance people, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get heated. It's not your fault. You, you know, apologized, blah, blah, blah. which was yeah. nice. That does not happen very often in customer service. Yeah. Well, I know. Um, anyway, so I talked to the insurance people and they're like, yeah, our, 
our deductible went up to $230 magically the cost of the phone. And I said, I just looked at the guy. I was like, why would I pay you $230 when number one, I never got a communication saying the deductible went up from you people. Mm-hmm. Number two, I can go on Amazon and buy one for cheaper than that. Yeah. Why would I pay you for a refurbished phone that you're going to send me when I can get a refurbished one from Amazon for $145? Yeah. Um, you can go fuck yourself, basically. I, in a nice way. I told them they can go fuck themselves and take me off the plane. Um, so, <sighs> the unfortunate thing is I don't have a phone. So, it's been a fun couple of days. It's made me realize a couple of things. It's made me realize how much I do rely on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made me aware of the... Uh, I don't want to call it an addiction per se, but how many conveniences phones give us. Like I go to get in my car and I want to listen to a podcast and I am like, fuck, I have the radio with its bajillion commercials. Mm -hmm. That sucks. I wanted to learn something on a podcast today. Yeah. Or I wanted to listen to some of my favorite music. You know, I don't want to hear three songs and, been 16 commercials. Yeah. So it's made Definitely. me realize stuff like that. It's made me go back to the old days where, uh, you know, I, you're a lady, so I don't know if you, uh, experienced this, but you know, when you go to poop and you're There's looking the book. for something, well, or no, not, you read the shampoo. Is that what you're You read the shampoos <laughs> or you read the freaking spray bottle or something. <laughs> I've, I've read, reduce myself back to that level. <laughs> um, as you said that, you said there's the book. I realized there's two cigar magazines on the back of my toilet. I could have read, oh. but maybe that's something I ought to start doing. Maybe when I do go to the bathroom, I'll leave the phone, leave the phone somewhere out, else. Yeah. Outside the bathroom and give me a little bit of book or magazine time or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's been my, my struggle. I've, Ordered a new phone from Amazon. It's supposed to get here on Monday. Is it an old man phone or is it a Pixel? No, it's a Pixel 3 XL. It's the exact phone. It's supposed to, um, it's supposed to replace, uh, they gave me the little tool. I actually have it right here. Is that the SIM card? The SIM card. They they said I should be able to pop the SIM card out, put the other SIM card in, in the new one, enter my Google info and just everything be the same. Yep. So theoretically, um, I just hope I've had issues with Amazon delivering packages on time. Um, and I'm leaving Wednesday to go to Hawaii. So I am really hoping that that phone comes before Wednesday, before Wednesday, because it's due to be here tomorrow and I'm supposed to be theoretically working from home tomorrow. So uh, you'll have it. I I trust in the Amazon. You'll get it tomorrow. That makes one of us. I have had so I many know. packages. I know come late, but so many uh, issues. But have have um sending out good juju, good faith to the world. Because I apologize to that lady. Like, yeah, that's my karma. good karma. Good karma means you're gonna get it. <laughs> and sorry, I'm gonna. I see you're messing with the blinds because we never record this early. So now like the sunlight is like coming in and yeah, it's, it's, I see it on my, on my screen. It's making me 
it's making my camera very dark and where it can't see me. So yeah. I'm going to adjust that. Um, I do want to say one, one more thing about Amazon. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, their In- prime is going increasing up. Increasing prime. Yep. Again. Yep. Hey, people are going to pay for it. So why not? Supply and demand. I'll tell you one person that's not going to pay for it. Tyler. The only thing on Amazon Prime worth having since they can't deliver anything in two fucking days <laughs> is the video because it's got some of the old Top Gear episodes and uh, some of their spinoff shows like Clarkson's Farm and stuff like that. Other than that, it's not worth having Amazon Prime anymore. Well, it I- is. It is. I, I mean, I literally read because I need this phone. I read their um, shipping policy. And the guaranteed two-day delivery or guarantee, any Amazon guaranteed delivery is that they will, they guarantee they will make an attempt to deliver within that many days. Well, I'm going to so, attempt to earn a million dollars tomorrow. I'm going to attempt to show Amazon, make them eat my fucking asshole. <laughs> I have a feeling Jeff Bezos, unless a whole lot of people get like canceled, I have a feeling they're not going to care. And I mean, like, a whole lot. It would have to be majority customer base. Businesses go through cycles. And I think some of these giant businesses, some businesses last a very long time. Look at GE. Mm-hmm. GE's coming to the end of its life. It's, it's struggling. But some of these companies, especially tech companies, I feel like their lifespan is very... Uh, GE's been around for over 100 years. Whereas these tech companies have only been around a, you know, 20, yeah. 20 years or so. And they're, I, I just feel like their lifespan's compressed. And I think we're getting to the point where they're getting too greedy. And look at Facebook. Facebook's starting to, Facebook just lost $30 billion. Mark Zuckerberg lost $30 billion because of Facebook's rough earnings, mm-hmm. uh, their rough earning call. So, Amazon's starting to get where it's lagging behind Facebook, but it's not going to be long where two yep. or three years people are going to hate Amazon. And I have, I don't want to say I'm leading the way on that, but I fucking hate Amazon. I have Alexis in my house and I wish I didn't at this point. I wish I had gone with a different like Google home. No, I don't want to support Google either. <laughs> I don't like Google. Uh, I like my phone. That's about the only thing I like from Google. I've switched to DuckDuckGo. As wow. my as my browser, yeah, as my I, I switched from Google Chrome to Firefox because Chrome was the reason my computer kept crashing. I do remember that. Yep. So just just stuff like that, I I don't support. I I like the fact that I can turn my lights on halfway across my house with my voice, but that's one of those convenience yep. things. Yep. Other than that, I don't have much use for it, and maybe if Shelby and I get our RVL. Finally pull my head out of my ass and get rid of all this shit. Anyway, that's what's been going on with me. That's that's why I didn't. Oh, and the reason I couldn't make the GoPros work is because I don't have the phone, which has the fucking app that I need. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe next uh, in two weeks. Uh, Yep. Fair. Well, which I'll have to research. So my time will be put into that instead of getting those going. So what's been going on with you, Megan? Well, um, been sick with some sort of cold or something this weekend, uh, which is why we're able to record r- record early. Um, 
And other than that, uh, so normally I am uh, a very like cold person. I have poor circulation. Um, so I, I have thermal nail polish on right now, which changes based on temperature, mood, nail polish, whatever. Um, and typically it would be on the cooler side because I'm cold naturally, but since I've been sick, it's been the warmer color until I got to Tyler's freezing house. (laughs) Um, and my nails are now like bright blue which they're only supposed to get blue in the cold. If if you want to see why Megan laughed, go watch the YouTube video. He did the That'll, jack off. Yeah, the jerk off motion. Like, sorry, I'm trying to save my freaking energy bill. I mean, that is fair. Being I think it's nice sucks. and warm in here. You're insane, but that's all right. Um, and then as far as phone go, phones go, um, I know that both my and Houston's, uh. I think this is a note 10 so it's getting on in its lifespan and i'm starting to notice it's slowing down a little bit and it keeps having like random app crashes and stuff so i'm sure it's kill switches that really pisses me like like i built this computer that Mm -hmm. we're recording on going on three years ago Mm -hmm. no issues in performance at all nothing is downgraded at all yeah but these fucking phones because you can't work on them yourself yep I originally, I was so pissed at the situation with my phone. I was going to take the SIM card out and put it in the new one and just take a freaking hammer to it and relieve some <laughs> frustration and anger. But then I started thinking about it. I took, I let the emotion pass and yeah. made a logical decision of, I should keep that, start taking it apart. And if, learn you know, how to, le- well, not even or... that, just use it for spare parts. I mean, yeah, that works too. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to. I hope Congress does something about that. I think they're trying to pass bills, but I know right to repair is a long way from. Yeah. And you know, the fucked up thing is I, I I learned about this, um, watching some videos that that extends not only to like technology and phones, I guess it's still technology, but like farm equipment, like John Deere, Mm -hmm. you can't repair John Deere tractors. You have to send those into the dealership. Mm. It, it yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. That's insane. It's it's one of those weird. Just no, it's not weird. It's greed. It's greed. Greed it driven is 100% by corporations. Greed. Corporate greed. Yep. Um, and it's it's definitely something that I wish. Uh, I hope there is some way to change, but a lot of Congress is paid by these companies, so we'll see if that ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think we should go to socialism, but I don't like the stock market aspect of capitalism is capitalism. I, I love it as a stockholder, as a consumer though. Mm. It, I'm conflicted on that. Very conflicted on that. I like I like it because obviously I hold stock in mm-hmm. certain companies and I like it when they do good, but at what cost? Exactly. Yep. Um so I'm sure I will be getting a new phone in the closer future than I would like to. What you trying to do with that phone? Oh, this old phone? Are you going to trade it in? Probably. Yeah. Um, I know they, I think they are about to, or they just did announce the newest S series, which now comes with the um, pen. S pen built in, which is the whole reason I always used a note because I love having the S pen. And now that they're having it in just a regular 
like S series, I'm probably gonna go ahead and upgrade to one of them. Ah, uh, well, I understand. That's the way she goes sometimes. Yep. And anything else been going on, or you ready uh, to move it on? Uh, illness, phone stuff, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, Daenerys goes for her second infusion tomorrow. Um, I forget what the drug is called. I think it starts with a Z. Um, but it's been helping her pain. She gets it once every 28 days. So we're going to get the second infusion and hopefully it's going to keep on helping and we're going to keep on keeping on one day at a time. Well, I'm, I'm glad she's getting some relief from the pain. So yes, for sure. That is good. Uh, so we'll go ahead and talk to you about what we're drinking this week. Opening the bottle. All right. Uh, this is our third or fourth um, High West. Fourth. Yes. Fourth? Okay. I got this. Let me let me preface this okay. by you saying I saw this. I did not think about this being a thing. And I saw this uh, one day when I was at the ABC Storms that I have to have this. And it's been sitting in the back of my whiskey cabinet since. Um, and I've been very excited. I have not touched this one prior to this because I wanted this to be specifically for the show. All right. So I've been very excited to do this. Exciting. So this is a High West Distillery whiskey. This is a double rye, but this is a limited release double rye. I think it's what barrel select. It is. It is yes. It's a double rye barrel select. This particular barrel can only be gotten in Charlotte. I have ventured southward into a different state and seen their version of it and what they get and mm -hmm. theirs were aged in scotch barrels while ours were aged in armagnac barrels so it tells us what barrel and how long it was aged in that barrel and ours was seven months in an armagnac barrel and it is for quote queen city all right well that's going to be exciting uh so since it is so limited specific release i don't have any official um, flavor profiles or anything that we're going to read. You're just going to have to trust us. Um, and if you're here in the QC, you can uh, get the same whiskey we've, we're going to be drinking. If you're in another state. Uh, or city even. Or even another city, yeah. If you're like up in Raleigh or anywhere. Um, if you get this uh, Barrel Select Double Rye, you're going to get a different one than we are. So um, I guess take what we say with a grain of salt and know that yours might be a whole different experience yep this one's gonna go on the website as uh one of those that we essentially like when uh friend john sent us the um the samples from his whiskey uh essentially it's the same thing it's a barrel select it's not something that people can get you know you you get from you one get barrel what you get and you don't throw a fit isn't that what they said in elementary school no, no, not to me. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, um. So this is basically something that we can only get once because it's one barrel. So. So those of you guys who have listened before, I'm sure have heard us review High West stuff before. But if you are new here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the distillery. So High West Distillery was founded in 2006 by David Perkins and his wife, Jane. David, a former biochemist, was inspired to open his own distillery after seeing the parallels between the fermentation 
and distilling process and his own work in biochemistry during a trip to the Maker's Mark Distillery in Kentucky. In 2004, David and his family relocated to Park City, Utah to begin their new venture, where they began distilling in 2007. They chose Park City because of David's love of the Old West and Utah's little-known whiskey history. High West began with humble roots, opening a small 250-gallon still and saloon in a historic livery, livery? livery stable and garage. What was once a small operation in downtown Park City has grown to be an internationally recognized brand with four unique locations. In 2015, High West opened their distillery in Wanship, Utah, which acts as a space for educational whiskey tasting, pairings and tours, and houses a 1,600-gallon copper pot still. Meanwhile, the saloon continues to operate as a must-visit gastro distillery, featuring Alpine-inspired Western, Western fare alongside the original still. The Nelson Cottage offers unique whiskey-paired whiskey paired dinners, and the saloon at the Salt Lake City Airport allows for some taste of High West on the way out of town. High West products have received numerous accolades and awards. In 2016, Whiskey Advocate, in 2016, Whiskey Advocate, America's leading whiskey magazine, named High West its Distiller of the Year. Um, and I do know that is it at least with some of their whiskeys. It might just be the American Prairie Bourbon. It is okay. The American Prairie Bourbon, which is not this whiskey, uh, but the American Prairie Bourbon does uh, donate to a five hundred one c nonprofit. Yes, to that is help for... the American Prairie Foundation, but yeah. that's not this one. So, and if you whiskey. if you want to learn a little bit more about that, uh, that was featured. That whiskey was featured on episode three, the uh, High West American Prairie Bourbon, and we talk a little bit more about that. Yes. About that charity. Um, now, I mentioned early on that this is this was aged in an Armagnac barrel. So, I didn't know what Armagnac was. Um, I honestly was a little disappointed when I saw oh. South Carolina got a Scotch barrel oh. and we got an Armagnac barrel because I know what Scotch is and I tend to like Scotch. Is apparently, Armagnac like cognac? It, oh. it, Armagnac is a distinctive kind of brandy. That's produced in the Armagnac region of Gascony in the southwest of France. Um, it is distilled from wine, which is and usually made from a blend of grapes, uh, including these specific grapes. I'm not going to get into. Uh, and it uses column stills rather than pot stills, which are used in the production of cognac, cognac. which is made from a specific type of grapes, and and there were. It was one of the four specific type of grapes. Okay, cool. Um, and then it's aged in oak barrels, and then it's released. So it's just a distinct kind of brandy. Nippy. I do like a lot of brandies, and I like cognac, so... I've never had cognac. I've had one type of brandy, and it was okay. All right. Um, well, as I've been smelling it, I'm getting straw, um, or hay, I guess, like what you would give to horses and stuff and apple so i'm getting like straw and apple um so i got i definitely agree with the apple i got a little bit of sweet a little bit of floral yeah there is some floral there i can't um, pick out uh, like i've said before i'm not 
I don't stop and smell the flowers, so I couldn't tell you what a flower smells like. It's um, oh, it's a very distinct flower. It's a very sweet flower. Um, I cannot think of what it is at the moment. It's not a rose. Um, dandelion. No. So that is a good guess. There could be some. There could be like some dandelion greens in here. Um. I don't know, but I definitely get the apple. I don't really get too much straw or hay. I just get floral and apple, maybe with a just a smidge of sweetness. I'm getting hay. But that might be apple, coming from the floral. Hay apple and whatever that flower is that I I can definitely smell now that you mentioned it. I just cannot think of the name of the flower. I expect. Wait a minute. I just uh had a thought here because I, I was going to say, I expect we're going to taste some kind of fruit, some kind of grape, because made, but made sense. as it. soon as I thought that, I was like, I had just pulled away from it. I think I smelled a little bit of grape in there. I don't know if that's psychosomatic. I don't know if it actually is actually in your head, but uh, I can smell grape as soon as you said it, so I'm thinking yeah. it might be a little psychosomatic. Yeah, I agree. So we'll, uh, find out. I can't give you what we're supposed to smell. So yeah. So that's Bottoms that's up. what we got. Cheers. Yep. Go ahead. Yep. Cheers. Okay. And so there's a very lovely, lovely color. It's a dark amber. Um, I got this uh for oh, it's been a while since I bought this. I think it was like fifty or sixty bucks uh for the full fifth. It is. It is 60. Mm. I'll be honest with you. I can't tell if that's it's handwritten. I can't tell if it's uh 101 proof. I think it's 101 proof. It's 50.5 50.5% alcohol. Uh, but it also kind of looks like a three. So <laughs> I think it's 101 proof. Probably because isn't the proof half of what the alcohol is? Proof is double the alcohol. Double. I, yeah, but I can't tell if it's 30.5 or 50.5. Then it, if it's 101, it would be 50.5. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't say the proof on there. Oh. I'm taking that math and extrapolating. Oh, I yeah. thought it had. Okay. Yeah, Never mind. I, yeah I, I, I'm pretty sure it's 101 just based off. The, yeah. Okay. So um, it is a rye, um, and I've, I, just, I haven't tasted it yet. I do get a little bit of that rye smell. Yeah. Um, as well, but so I'm about to taste now. You enjoy. Um. It's definitely an interesting taste at first. Um, there is a very heavy spice that lingers on the tongue like a pepper spice. Oh, yes, it does. The finish is very pepper. Um, yeah, and it gets to it pretty quick, too. Yeah. Um, I like the... That pepper was was the dominant mm -hmm. flavor. I uh, 100%. I liked what I got on the tip of my tongue. But it went so fast, I wasn't able to focus on it. Um, I yeah, the pepper is oh definitely. I don't want to say overwhelming, but it's dom domineering for sure. Um, and I did notice that on the camera, it looks like I'm like jacking off. I guess my arm keeps moving. I'm playing with my ring, and it just is a really. <laughs> Wait, what were you doing? I, I want to see like, the motion you were making, like. I don't, now I'm like, so it's like, I don't so self-conscious about it. You yeah. couldn't do it. Oh, I'm going to have to rewatch this like, then. I was like, just my arm was moving kind of like that, I guess. 
Um, anyway, so I'm playing I, with my ring. Not I, <laughs> I definitely get uh, some fruit on that first couple notes a little bit. Not really anything sweet. It, it's I de- I would call it an apple flavor. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's kind of the spice is still like I've had two sips and I've still got the spice in the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a little bit more of a um woody oaky taste. Okay. Hanging around afterwards. Um. Initially, that initial taste might be almost almost like a brandy, I would say, um, with kind of the flavor profile I get from it. Um, just for <laughs> a second. Tyler, Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't ignore it. My dog was pleasuring himself under the table. I can't, even with my life. Uh-huh. Um, Jesus. So, it's definitely apple. That pepper is intense. Um, I'm going to say brandy, brandy, apple, brandy, apple, and, uh, pepper, like, like jalapeno pepper. Like this is way past black pepper. This is going into. It is not. It is past black pepper. Yes, it is. It is not. It tastes like a lingering black pepper. It's not jalapeno hot. It is hot, hot. Crazy. No, it's hot, hot. Yeehaw, yeehaw. Whatever. Crazy. Um. Jalapeno. Sorry, I got up and threw my dog out. He disgusts me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I like I said, I've only had one brandy, so I don't know if I could compare this to it. I remember it being a little more fruity than what I'm getting, but I did get another flavor right about the time I saw Bo doing what he's doing. So let me see if I can get that again. All right, you enjoy. Um, I, pretty- I, I want to laugh before I drink it. I've pretty much uh, given my flavor profile. I don't know how much it's going to change. Um, and I'm ready to move on to the wonder segment as soon as Tyler's got his uh, his uh, flavor shit going. I got something. Mm, I can't put my finger on it. It's kind of in the mid. And it it was toffee. Like a toffee flavor. That was... I guess that would be the best way to describe it. So, um, yeah, I, I I would say for me, I get apple right on the right on the front. Um, uh, that toffee, a little bit of sweet with it in the middle, and just when I say a little bit, I mean just a smidge of sweet. Yeah, kind of like a a little like fairy, fairy yep. kiss. Yep, just a sprinkle of sugar, or not even sugar, just a sprinkle of like vanilla or yeah or honey or something. And then it moves into that burn, and as the burn settles, it hangs right here in the back of my throat. It's definitely a peppery burn. This is probably the most... Jalapeno. No, it's not a jalapeno. It's like black pepper. This is the most um, burn I've got from a rye yet. For sure. I think, um, which are notorious for having that burn. And then it kind of, as it lingers, it has a little bit of an, a woody flavor on the finish. So yeah, let's jump into Megan's topic today. All right. It's time for the wonder segment. 
So what you're teaching us about. Originally, this wonder segment was going to be on the disaster that was the War of the Worlds broadcast in 1938. The history I've always heard was this. In 1938, a radio program by the name of the Mercury Theater on Air put on a performance of H.G. Wells's novel, The War of the Worlds. Future actor Orson Welles, no relation to the author, spelled differently, directed and narrated the broadcast. It was a Halloween performance live on October 30th at 8 p.m. and was sent out across the Columbia Broadcasting System, the CBS radio network. The show begun only briefly with a monologue based off the book that informed listeners that what they were about to hear would be fiction. And then the program began like a typical radio broadcast getting interrupted by news bulletins. The first few interruptions are calm, not at all alarming. Just some vague expositions about strange explosions on Mars and a seemingly unrelated object falling onto a farm from the sky. Then, a reporter, tuning in live from the farm, goes into a panic as creatures start emerging from the debris. The program continues to explain the creatures are incinerating onlookers and then, abruptly, goes dead. It picks back up at a radio station in Manhattan, where a correspondent describes the scene in the Big Apple as gigantic Martian war machines attack. Gas is approaching his location, and this half of the show ends with the reporter coughing and falling silent as a lone radio operator is heard asking if he is there, or if anyone is there. The second half of the program follows a survivor, played by Orson Welles, dealing with the aftermath of the invasion. Eventually, it ends with Welles' character, like in the book, finding out that the Martians were defeated not by humans, but by microbes. Spoilers for a novel that was published in 1898, so I don't feel bad. Now, what always struck me and many others about this was the severe panic that the program caused. Supposedly, many people tuned in after the initial monologue that had stated it was a fictional show and believed they were hearing actual live reports of a Martian invasion on Earth. Because of the way the Mercury Theater on Air worked, they only mentioned it was fiction once at the beginning, and the breaks were scheduled around to around the show to make it appear as if they were part of the invasion broadcast. Supposedly, people across the country began to uproot everything in an attempt to escape the mayhem. And I thought it would be really cool to do a deep dive into a wonder segment on this whole thing, start to finish, from Wells's writing The War of the Worlds to concluding with everyone realizing the radio broadcast had been fictional. But... As I did my research, I found out there wasn't a panic at all. Perhaps a few people got scared, but the mass hysteria I'd been taught my whole life was a complete fabrication. The Mercury Theater on Air was a relatively small program, and even if every listener had freaked out, it would have been a microscopic number in comparison to the entire country. Jeffrey Poole and Michael Scalo write for their Slate article titled The Myth of the War of the World's Panic, quote, 
The supposed panic was so tiny as to be practically immeasurable on the night of the broadcast. Radio had siphoned off advertising revenue from print during the Depression, badly damaging the newspaper industry. So the papers seized the opportunity presented by Wells's program to discredit radio as a source of news. The newspaper industry sensationalized the panic to prove to advertisers and regulators that radio management was irresponsible and not to be trusted. End quote. All my life, I'd assumed the panic to be fact, just part of American history. And that got me wondering, what other well-known historical fa- facts and that got me wondering what other well-known historical events are, in fact, fiction. Many of these we could deep dive into at some point, but today I'm here to serve up some truth in a history full of lies. Not only a history full of lies, but a present full of lies. <laughs> I think there's so much that's hidden from the general public nowadays. 100%. I agree. All right. <clears throat> George Washington probably never chopped down his father's cherry tree. Next. We all knew that. <laughs> Chances are, if you grew up in the United States, you've heard the old fable. The cherry tree anecdote where young George Washington chops down his father's cherry tree and admits to it when questioned because he is so honest is perhaps the best known story about Washington's childhood. Too bad it's completely unprovable. The tall tale first appeared in a biography of Washington by Parson Weems, attributed to an aged lady he interviewed who knew Washington's family. It quickly became popular among school children, but when hist- historians searched for scientific proof of the story, they were left wanting. It appears nowhere except Weems's biography, sourced to an interview with an elderly person. It should be noted, Weems was later accused of plagiarizing other English fables and attributing them to Washington. To this day, no one has been able to find an alternative source for the cherry cherry tree story, and most historians consider it a fabrication. Benjamin Franklin never flew a kite during a storm with a key attached to a string. This one I was aware of because Franklin is a dirty thief who stole his inventions from Nikola Tesla. I'm a bit salty and need to do a whole wonder segment on Tesla, but for now, founding father Benjamin Franklin allegedly flew a silk kite during a lightning storm with a house key attached to the string in a laden jar. After the kite was struck, Franklin received a shock when he touched the key, proving that lightning had an electrical nature. The story is perhaps the most famous one about Franklin's many experiments. Unfortunately, just as Washington never chopped down his father's cherry tree, it is highly unlikely Franklin ever flew his kite. The experiment was proposed by Franklin in 1752 in one of his published papers as a possible way to test the nature of electricity, but most historians agree that it was never actually carried out especially since a lightning bolt may have several hundred million volts. If even a tiny fraction of the electricity were to be stored in the key, any contact would have certainly meant Franklin's death. Still, the story remains so embedded in the popular consciousness 
that there are laws in some places against recreating the potentially fatal experiment. I have a bone to pick with you and your Benjamin Franklin. Oh, no. Tesla wasn't born until 1856. Who am I thinking of that stole all Tesla's ideas then? Edison. Shit, you're right. That was like, uh... Nope, you're so right. Yeah, I know. I listened to a podcast on Tesla. I think you probably did, too. I did. (laughs) Yeah. It's Thomas Edison, not not Benjamin Franklin. You apologize to Mr. Franklin. I'm sorry, Mr. Franklin. I was wrong. (laughs) I mixed you up with another man. Yeehaw, yeehaw. That is well-deserved right there. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) I am sorry. Thank you for correcting me right there, Tyler. Yeah, you're welcome. Because that would have pissed sure a few people off. (laughs) My bad. My bad. My bad. Whoops. All right. <clears throat> Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Whoops. All right. I just like how passionate you went about it. I was. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Ben Franklin, for ripping off the dude that was born a hundred years after you. <laughs> I have. I have zero excuses yeah, for myself. No, that's no, fine. It you you made a mistake. It was Edison. Edison. I, I'll agree to that. Okay. Fuck you, Thomas Edison. Bastard. Fucker. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. How about no woman, no woman was burned alive at the stake during the Salem witch trials? Not a single one of the accused witches were burned at the stake during the infamous witch trials in the town of Salem. 19 were hanged. One was pressed to death and four others died in prison. The trials were also not uniquely American. Witch trials were an international phenomenon in the early modern period. Arthur Miller's famous play, The Crucible, is not an accurate depiction of the trials, but is a work of fiction based on them. Apparently, the Great Pyramids were not built by slave labor. The question of who built the Great Pyramids of Giza and why has long been a part of scientific fascination. The ideas of slaves building Egypt's pyramids for merciless and tyrannical pharaohs is deeply rooted in the popular imagination and reinforced by stories and media and imagery of captive slaves laboring beneath the scorching sun being whipped by Egyptian overseers. However, there is no historical evidence that slaves built the ancient monuments. People who worked on the pyramids were hired and paid laborers who lived in villages near the sites with their families. In fact, Harvard recently released a detailed study on the subject, arguing that contrary to the image of a massive slave class in ancient Egypt, the workers on the pyramids were relatively privileged. Nero didn't play the fiddle as Rome burned. In 64 AD, most of Rome was destroyed in what is appropriately called the Great Fire of Rome. Emperor Nero, fiddling while Rome burned, has become a popular expression, but his corrupt and tyrannical rule aside, this anarchism is false. Nero was not a fiddle player, but a liar player, and the fiddle was not even invented for another hundred and fifty. No, 1,500 years. This tall tale goes all the way back to the event itself, as many Romans believed the arrogant and extravagant Nero started the fire himself to clear land for a palace complex as 
uh, for a palace complex he planned. Another popular story at the time was that Nero sang in a stage costume during the fire. In reality, Nero wasn't even in Rome at the time. Upon hearing the news of the fire, he organized relief efforts, which he paid for with his own money. Of course, later he blamed the Christians and had many tortured and executed, but that's another story. Turns out, the cake really is a lie. If you get that, let's be friends. Anyway, Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. The alleged quip from the French queen is one of the most famous quotes in history. Spoken upon being told that the peasants had no bread, the quotation either reflected the queen's callous disregard for the hunger of the poor or a complete lack of understanding of the poverty in her own country. However, there is no record that the bride of King Louis XVI ever spoke these words. The original source comes from Jean-Jacques Rousseau's autobiography, Confessions, in which he recalled the words of a, quote, great princess, who was not named. Most contemporary historians do not consider this a reliable source, and some feel Rousseau invented the anecdote. Marie Antoinette was not innocent by any means, either. Her extravagant spending on personal amusements earned her the name Madame Deficit, and she repeatedly dismissed ministers who campaigned for financial reform or to reduce court expenditures. After the French Revolution, she was arrested and guillotined by sentence of the court in 1792. Now for a really fun one. You know how the Vietnam War was started by a Vietnamese uh, gunship attacking a U.S. destroyer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you see about that. In 1964, an alleged attack by North Vietnamese gunboats against an American destroyer stationed in the Gulf of Tonkin led to greatly increased U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. President Lyndon B. Johnson used this supposed ambush of a U.S. ship to send in another destroyer. Congress soon overwhelmingly passed what was called the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, which gave Johnson virtually unlimited powers to intervene in Southeast Asia eventually leading to the introduction of U.S. combat troops in 1965. In reality, the supposed sea battle resulted from false radar images and not actual North Vietnamese torpedo boats. The destroyer had spent the whole night firing at nothing. Most contemporary historians hold that the attack was purely imaginary, though the deadly deadly war resulting from it was most certainly not. Hmm. And this next one I debated heavily on including because it is going to piss some religious people off. And if it does, I'm sorry. But let's take a look at the facts. Despite popular portrayals in classic films like Cecil B. DeMille's The Ten Commandments and DreamWorks' The Prince of Egypt, There is no archaeological or historical evidence that the exodus of Hebrew slaves from Egypt ever happened. In fact, as previously noted, there is no proof of Hebrew slavery in Egypt in the first place, nor are there any signs of habitation on the Sinai Peninsula for the second millennium BCE, where over 600,000 Israelites are said to have lived for 38 years. Modern historians tend to think the Exodus story is a metaphor, 
And despite many efforts to find evidence to support the events of the book of Exodus, most archaeologists have abandoned the pursuit. Sorry. Interesting uh, tidbit here, just since you touched on a little bit of a religion, religious one. Um, I read, I remember reading one time, there's a theory that Noah's flood, the 40, 40 days and 40 night flood. Yeah. Can actually stemmed from the formation of, I believe it's the black sea hmm. or, uh, what, I think it is where it's building the Mediterranean. I'll have okay. to look on Google real quick, but yeah, that's suppose that's a theory of what the great flood was. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Well, if you figure out if it's not the Black uh, Sea, let us know. But yep. I think it probably is the Black Sea, thinking about geography. Yep, it is the Black, Black sea. sea. Yep. All right, so to get off religion, how about rats were not the carriers of the Black Death? I feel like I knew that one too, but I could be imagining... Weren't so. it fleas? Recent studies have discovered that rats may not actually be to blame for this devastating plague that wiped out a third of 14th century Europe. So it's time to rat out the real culprit. Scientists at the University of Oslo conducted an experiment that assessed the potential transmission routes for the deadly pandemic. They discovered that the parasites that carried the disease were much more likely to have come from humans than rats. The model showing the disease spread by human fleas and lice matched the death rates of the actual Black Death much more closely than the model involving parasite-carrying rats. So, yes, it was fleas and lice and human bugs. All right. So, by now, we all know that Christopher Columbus is a giant land-stealing dick. Not only did he not discover America, but his ships weren't even called the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. When it comes to Columbus, the only fact that history books really have right is that he sailed in 1492. First of all, he didn't discover America. People had already been living on the continent for thousands of years after all, and he wasn't even the first European explorer to reach North America. A crew of Vikings actually sailed to Canada around 1000 AD. I highly watch everyone check out Vinland Saga, which is about the... uh, It's an anime about the Vikings that end up coming to Canada. Anyway, even the oft-repeated names of his three ships aren't historically accurate. In the 15th century, most sailing ships were named after saints. So while the Santa Maria is probably the real name, the Nina and the Pinta were probably just casual sailor nicknames for more piously named vessels. According to History.com, the Nina's real name was most likely the Santa Clara, while the Pinta's real name is unknown. <clears throat> Sorry, I just cleared my throat right into the mic. <laughs> anyway, the Trojan horse was a story. There is a lot of details about the Trojan War. However, the story and its details are based on fiction. First of all, as the story was passed down verbally, and that's how the story started to change while different pieces of information were added or forgotten. 
the story of the Trojan horse and the 1,186 ships that entered Troy is fiction. Not to mention that the original story was based on Greek mythology. The story in its original form is based on the poem Iliad. Isn't that the world's oldest book? I think so. Talk about old Gilgamesh. Yes. And his uh, Miss question mark adventures. Uh, yeah. I've never read it, but I've heard a lot about it. You didn't have to read it in high school or No, we read college? the Odyssey. Okay. I can't remember. I didn't take many history or English classes in college. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't need to be in a science and math. Yeah. Yep. And those damn liberal studies classes that were a waste of my time. <laughs> Lady Godiva did not ride naked through the streets to lower taxes. Who the hell and what? Why have I never heard? You've about never this? heard of Lady Godiva? No, but I would love to hear about a lady riding naked through the street. All right, well, strap in. Uh, the story is pretty well known. Lady Godiva, the wife of Leofric, the lord of Coventry, England, felt sympathy for the exorbitant tax burden placed on the peasantry of the medieval town. Leofric tells his pleading wife that he will lower taxes when she rides naked through the town, which she does. In a side element to that tale, out of respect, all of the villagers stay indoors while she rides, except for one randy boy named Tom who decided to take a look, getting struck blind and inspiring and inspiring the phrase keeping Tom at the same time. I'd have been out there with him. <laughs> the story is based on a real person, a woman named Godafu, the Anglo-Saxon name that the Latin Godiva comes from, who was the wife of Leofric, the real Count of Coventry. But as Harvard Magazine explains, historians of the time did not indicate there were anything notable about the woman outside of being married to an important man. It wasn't until two centuries later that monks started recording this legend, likely as a way of explaining certain historical acts of generosity on part of Leofric, later spread even more via poems and artists looking for classy reasons, like history, to paint naked ladies. Now, stop telling your stupid children that even Albert Einstein failed math as a kid. No, he didn't. Your crotch goblin is bad at math, not Einstein. Nah, hold <laughs> on. Let's go back to that crotch goblin. Crotch goblin. I love it. Yes, you can enjoy crotch goblin. The lesson, supposedly, is that even though you don't know the difference between a trapezoid and a rhombus now, one day you could have literally some of the most important ideas of all time and revolutionize physics forever. Maybe, in fact, your inability to do long division is a good sign. Well, the Washington Post hates to be the bearer of bad news, but it seems that young Einstein's legendary poor elementary school performance has been somewhat overblown. He, in fact, got very good grades in school, though he bristled at their rote methods of teaching. By age 11, he was studying college physics te texts, and at 13, he was talking about how much he loved Immanuel Kant. Did Einstein fail anything, though? He did. He failed the entrance exam to the Zurich Polytechnic for the first time he took it, when he was still 16, 
almost two years away from graduating high school. But turns out the reason he failed was because the exam was written in French, a language he had barely studied. And while he had trouble with the language and biology sections, there was one part he still aced. Yeah, it was math. Young Einstein definitely knew his trapezoids from his rhombuses. Well, I know trapezoids and rhombuses. Does that mean I'm Einstein? You might be. Yeah, okay. (laughs) If you guys have listened to me talk on the show, you know I'm not Einstein. Yeah, neither of us are. But your kid failing math definitely does not stop, stop that myth. Yeah. Anyway. Einstein was a cousin fucker, too. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. All of this definitely makes me wonder, what else do we know for a fact that is actually fiction? The end. So, in the first half of that, it amazed me how many of those I had seen not even on TV reenacted, but in one specific show. Futurama. How many I had seen of those that are, you know, that are, I'm going to put the word supposedly in there because a lot of them happened so long ago, we'll never truly know. Yes. That are supposedly false, like the Egyptians and, Mm. um, the Ben Franklin one yep. and just stuff like that. One of the ones I didn't include that I distinctly remember from Futurama too is um, Isaac Newton and the apple falling on his head. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. Yeah. So, so one of those things that make it, you go. Hmm. Well, it just makes me realize like that's one TV show. How many times have I seen these, you know, in other TV shows? Yeah. So yeah, uh, that was awesome. That was a cool little topic. Thank you. I, when you started, when you were talking about the War of the Worlds, I had the brilliant idea. Well, maybe not brilliant. I don't know. But I had a cool idea, in my opinion, to see if I can find the actual broadcast. Yeah, you can. Yeah? Yeah. I would like to listen to that. So I'm going to I'm gonna research and see if I can. You can. It's a very good broadcast. See if I can very well done. It. Yeah? Especially for 1938. I mean, you're going to get 1938 audio quality. but Yeah, well, I can live uh, with that. Orson Welles, he did a really good job. It's very, very good. Uh, honestly, I didn't know too much about it other than it caused a mass panic, but now... It did not. Maybe it didn't, so... um, So I'm going to be honest with you guys before we go too much further. Most, actually not most, all of my trivia with Tyler stuff is on my phone. <laughs> so with that being said, I have found a substitute one today. Trivia with Tyler. All right. So there is a gourmet dish in France called Orlaton, I think is how you pronounce it. Okay. It has traditionally been prepared by force feeding an Orlaton bunting, which is a type of bird, before drowning it in Armagnac, and then you roast it. You drown it? In Armagnac. And then you roast it. Oh. The dish is now legally prohibited due to laws protecting the bird. Good. I don't think they formally said you can't make this food, just you can't kill this you bird. Can't drown the bird. So 
that's a fun little nugget I came across when I was looking up what Armagnac was earlier. So hopefully next two weeks from today, because I won't be here next week. Uh, I, I actually will leave a trivia with Tyler for Megan. Oh, yay. Uh, I, I planned to do that last time. Um, I actually did leave one last time when you were supposed to, supposed come. to come and record one, but life gets in the way sometimes. Um, we, I am 99% sure we don't have a mailbag, but let me double check. Oops. I uh, naturally just accidentally clicked closed it and closed it what whoa so let me pull that back up right here and get in here here we go um yeah we don't have any nope new emails the only one yep that was still the the last one we got was from papa manning that i'm not uh papa no papa cross not papa manning that i am not going to share on here because you guys don't want to hear all about rving and stuff all into the rv unless well let me just make sure we didn't get anything in the spam folders okay no we didn't all right all right i should have i should have done that beforehand if i was better at this so we're gonna skip that and we're gonna move on final thoughts one thing I noticed while you were presenting is if I picked this up and brought it to my nose, mm-hmm. that toffee, butterscotch flavor, not butterscotch, toffee, was the first thing I, I zoned in on. Okay. So, and as as taste went, I started getting a little more of the rye, I know we call it a dill flavor, but a little bit more of that rye flavor started coming out. And I haven't tried it with the water. I know I just saw you put some water in. I did put some drops in. But I haven't tried it yet. Okay. Um, I feel like there's a difference between dill and rye when I'm describing the flavors. So I've not gotten any dill. Yeah? Yeah. Um, adding a water drop did change the experience. Um, so rather than having the pepper at the back end and linger, it, for me, like hits at the front and burns initially on the tongue and then is, is yeah. gone. Wow. I had the same exact... Same exact experience. Um, it burnt. It's gonna sound stupid, but it burnt in a different place on my tongue. That's yes. It, it burnt on, on my, the middle part of my tongue, and not the back part of my tongue. So mine burnt at like I, the tip of my tongue, yeah. and not the back of my tongue. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely, uh, other than that, I would uh, let me try it again. Okay. I mean, I have had two or three steps in setting water, and it's done that for me every time. It's completely changed where the pepper is. I would say it brought a little more of that rye flavor out, uh, just a little bit, and it kind of muted. I don't even know if I want to say it brought that rye flavor out. It Because I was tasting that rye flavor, it just muted everything else, the water. And it left the rye essentially at the level it was and brought everything else down below. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I definitely lost like some of the apple and some of the sweetness. Um, you get that pepper initially, and then, yeah, there is the the distinct rye flavor there. Kind of that rye and wood, kind of more of the yep. natural, like, flavors, yeah. type flavors. 
So, um, well, I guess on that, you know, with all that being said. Ooh, I enjoyed shooting it. That was nice. Yeah? Well, fuck. Let me do that. Yep, yep sorry. Um, as you do that, I need to go look up what I've rated other Rise. Because I know I've been, I've been super into Rise a few times times that we've done these uh let's see here i got it right here you've been <laughs> wow i mean uh... we've done about what's that one two three four five six seven eight ten yeah ten ten ish rise and you've been below five twice yeah maybe i'm a rye person and not a bourbon person I, I don't know. We've You're done a little, lot more bourbon. Yeah, we but... have. It's just a lot more accessible here. Yeah. But we do have, um, we actually have a, a couple things keyed up here as Megan like coughs herself to death over there. You all right? Trying um, to stay away from the mic. I understand. Um, we've got a couple, let's see, we've got one more rye at least. I think we've got two or three ryes. We've got a Canadian. Um, yeah, we need to do another Canadian. I think we've got an Irish and a scotch and several bourbons on the list. I don't, I think we did the one Japanese one that I had lined up last week. So, um, we got that coming for you in the future guys. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil you what whiskey is going to be done next week. Um, just so everybody's on the same page. So we did this double rye, the uh, barrel select. This is not something that you're going to be able to find unless you live locally here. Um, I also have the High West double rye, the standard bottle that anybody Anyone can find. Anyone can get anywhere. Should, yeah, theoretically well, anywhere. Theoretically, wherever it's sold. This is the rye that I had when I was on vacation in Salt Lake City and when I did go to Park City, Utah. So I have had it before. Uh, so I'm going to let Megan review that next week. I will leave her uh, my rating. I will have it after we get done recording since it's early tonight. And I can have another finger. I will open that and have that and leave my rating for it. Mm-hmm. So we've established that Megan's in the top half of the scale for rise yep i have been kind of middle of the road i've had some as low as 2.5 and i've had some as high as eight so um i think for this one i'm gonna have to give it hmm this is a tough one i didn't uh, truth be told, even though the spice was intense, I think I liked it better without the water. Um, it it just had a little more character. Okay. You know, it wasn't as muted. It wasn't as like just meh. Yeah. But I'm. I think I'm gonna give it a solid six. I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna give this one a solid six. Okay. Um. I feel like I can pick up what you're putting down um i'm kind of i think i'm kind of like right there with you um 
Like I. Let me let me take one yeah. more sip. I, I, for me personally, this is something that I I want to share with my friends that I know drink whiskey just because it is a barrel select. It is something unique that not necessarily everybody's going to be able to get their hands on. Um, with that being said, though, there are other things that are in in my cabinet that. Not even other things. There are other rise in my cabinet that I would pick first. Um, I think I'm going to go with you. I think this is a six. Six? Yeah, a bit above average. I'd do it again. But nothing extremely but special. Not, yeah, nothing that I'm going to like. Yeah. And, and I think one of the... One of the... <clears throat> one thing to remember, I guess, is the way to, way to word it, is this is essentially one one and done unless you find this particular barrel again yeah you're never going to get it you, again. this is one and done you may get something different so with that being said you know i want to make it very clear that if you do see this on on the shelf and you want to get it our experience is not your experience is not going to be the same as ours you might have something that you know it's aged in a scotch barrel and if you hate scotches you're probably not going to like that as much and mm -hmm. so i would definitely check on the side let me show it on camera here there is a label i don't know my computer reflects too much but uh, the, there is a oh, label shit, that's upside down there, there is yeah. a label that there's a label says, that says what bottle what bottle what barrel it came from jesus christ um so you know check that info before you just blind buy it Kind of, honestly, kind of like I did. I just got so excited when I said, oh, Barrel Select High Whiskey. Yes. <laughs> so. um, All right. So that's a good six. I will make sure to put that on the website and I'll put it under one of the ones that we are not going to be able to try again, essentially. So. uh, Where's my schedule? I don't think I have anything else really to talk about other than I will not be here next week. If Megan is flying solo, she's gonna she's gonna be the the captain. Yep. And she's everybody wish her the best of luck. I know she's gonna do fine and I'm gonna be a listener next week, so good luck. All right. Yay. Praying nothing crazy happens that ruins everything in the world. If it if anything weird happens, you're more than welcome to give me a call. I know it'll be during Super Bowl, but you know, I'll do what I got to do. All right. I don't, do you know the time difference start with there? Like what Five time? or six hours, depending on what time of year it is. I don't believe they change for daylight, daylight savings. Time, so I believe it might be six. Let's see. Right now in Hawaii, it is 1246 p.m. So it's five hour difference. So. And that's five hours behind us. So. Yes. So you figure okay. you come here at your normal time, it'll be. He'll rough. be awake. Yeah. Basically. Oh, like yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. be Easy. calling you at like. No, you'll be calling me in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. All right. Yeah. That's not so bad. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be in the middle of the Super Bowl because. Oh yeah. Super Bowl is going to. Sports gonna... Bowl. Yay. Yeah. Go but sports. That's all right. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, then your, your team isn't playing. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I don't even care about watching it this year. Oh, I do. I I'm very happy with 
the two teams that are there. I going into, um, so my I'm a Packers fan. My team lost in the uh, divisional round. So going into the championship round when there were four teams left, I was like, I want these two teams to win, and they both won. Nice. And now I'm torn about which team I want to win. But I think just to throw it out there, I know I'm a, I know I said I'm a Packers fan, and I really am. Um, but I I would love to see Matthew Stafford get a get a ring after all his years in Detroit. He always was like the little brother oh. to the Packers. Like they always <laughs> tried to be to compete with the Packers, and they never could. And so I I just got nothing but love for him, and I would love to see him get a ring. So, but I also on the same hand don't want Odell Beckham to get a ring because he's a fucking piece of shit. So that likes to get pooped on. I don't know what you're talking about. That was a story that came out that he likes a, a good old Cleveland steamer on him. <laughs> supposedly. Not media. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> Ending on a Cleveland steamer, guys. Yeah, that's a hell of a note. So <laughs> um, Megan, Megan's going to do a great job. Um, I'm going to try. So we're going to sign off this week. I'm going to sign off for two weeks. I'll see you guys after Hawaii. God willing. Yep. Be um, safe. Have fun. I will. Don't touch anything really colorful. Normally that means it's bad. Yes, I'm I'm aware. I'm <laughs> gonna take lots of pictures. I'm taking uh taking GoPros, taking my camera, taking my drone. Very cool. I'm gonna let me know if you need a quick camera like rundown before. I might, okay. but I have literally one day to do it. Oh shit, that's right. Okay. Yep, so well. Let me know if I can do anything for you. All right. I appreciate it. On that note. All right, guys. I will see you next week. Have an awesome week. We hope you enjoy it. And we thank you for everything that you do. Have a wonderful week. And uh, don't drink and drive. Cheers. Ignore it! <laughs>